Back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have our co-host, Blake, returning today. We're just going to be chatting all about some recent Star Wars news, everything from this uh, supposed Mandalorian video game that's been leaked, down to the LEGO Star Wars game, why Val really died in Solo, so on and so forth. We'll be bringing up the whole Slave 1 topic, as well as uh, uh, Solo story continued. There's so many things to go over in the Star Wars news world, and we'll have an extensive chat with Blake today about all that stuff. Now that Bad Batch is over, we gotta find some other things to chat about. So thanks again for tuning in, and let's get to it. Another happy landing. Welcome back, sir. Hey, good to be back. Yeah, feels like it's been a long time. It's only actually been a few weeks. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like uh, what well, we did, I guess, I guess, miss like one week, was it? We just kind of yeah, we called a, it off. Yeah. yeah, there was too much going on, so you did a light speed last week. Yeah, too much going on. I mean, you know, in the process of moving and stuff like that, so just did a quick, uh, a quick uh, fifteen minute light speed and. There were so many more Star Wars news topics to talk about that I feel Dude, like it was... It's, just, uh, it's flooding out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the one it thing. Is. It's it's funny because you, you had a friend that asked uh, 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 who's, who's not really into Star Wars. And um, he was so confused when he was like, oh, you guys run a Star Wars podcast. That's cool. What on earth do you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a very common question. Like, it is. There's like a know. few movies. So you guys do like one episode a year. <laughs> Well, there's there's uh, there's six to nine movies uh, or more. Uh, uh, how do you get? Do you guys do like uh, sixty seconds at a time breakdown per year? Could you imagine? <laughs> That's gonna be the new series. Yeah, sixty yeah, second exactly. Star Wars recover the, all the movies in sixty second increments. <laughs> Actually, there there is a uh, Harry Potter podcast. I totally forget the name of it, but that that's actually what they do. They they. Uh, they break down, I think it's, um, I think it was the movies, like 60 seconds at a time or or something like that. Or maybe it was the books, like one chapter at a time. But Maybe uh, the books. I think the movies yeah. were like, okay, that's episode one. It's like, episode right, two. This, this entire 60 second montage is dedicated to the transition between seasons in The Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know oh, whatever man. it is. Right? Episode one. The beginning credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's Star Wars is this this weird franchise where you just like, where you just always have something new to, to chat about. It's like it's like the, you know, what I I think I told him I said the way I described it was uh, running a Star Wars podcast that just kind of 
goes off of uh, whatever is kind of like a daily bread sort of situation. Like was like, yeah, well, I don't know what next week's going to bring, but there's going to be something. <laughs> yeah. It's almost sure like enough. we're do- doing a news show. Cause there's always something coming out, right? There's always something to talk about. It's never a, uh, right. a dull day. There's always some drama or some, some new release. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and to say the least, like this, this particular podcast, we've, we really focus in on like the after show stuff and like chatting about, actual content that they're coming out with but um but yeah as far as the news goes like that's kind of what the lightspeed episodes are for but then it just kind of accumulates and it can't really fit it all in and even if you do it's like this kind of deserves a little more chat you know a little more conversation with another person and not just kind of these are the headlines in under 15 minutes so uh yeah it's definitely worth doing something like this and uh, we've got a whole query of things on this list short or long topics We'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, the first one, I think, which could be a little more of a lengthy breakdown of this, is the leaked Mandalorian video game running on Google Stadia. Did you hear about this? No, this is news to me. So some uh, some person on the internet has, has quote-unquote leaked, I guess, uh, yeah. a couple days ago, this uh, uh, very uh, odd-looking mandalorian game which i guess to uh to a friend of mine at at work was very convinced this is just a fan-made game and has staged it as if it was to be a leaked game um and the more that he kind of explained this to me the more i started to believe that this is all just like one big hoax uh that the google stadia overlay is actually just done in post and that the entire game is done by a fan in unreal i even thought google stadia was kiboshed google stadia is like a google's version of like um uh well xbox game pass or something like that it's like a google it's like a a game streaming service so there is a few things on there like you can play assassin's creed odyssey it's like a it's like netflix but for video games and yeah i know that was the game plan but i heard it I was talking to someone who's a gamer and they told me that basically after they released that you still have to buy the games, people just lost interest. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, really? oh, it's um I, I think that that's probably the uh the NVIDIA one. Cause there's an NVIDIA service as well where you kind of pay to rent the <laughs> you kind of pay to rent a machine that virtually accesses a game that you're supposed to already own. So it's kind of it's kind of a strange thing. It's basically if you have like a really crappy laptop, but yeah. you own a list of one of the 500 games that they have on the list, uh, you can log in with your NVIDIA account and your Steam and stuff is all linked to that. And then you just get access to those games remotely on this crappy yeah, device. But it's the like, idea was you use their gaming machine. Yeah, their hardware, right? Yeah. So Google Stadia, on the other hand, is uh, you get access to all the games that they have to offer for like one solid price per month kind of thing. But the fact that this leaked game is like being demonstrated on this Stadia thing, it just it makes no sense because like nobody develops a game on Google Stadia. It's just a streaming platform. And so who did you say is making it? Because EA recently had the, the license. They let the contract end, right? So it's no longer yeah, EA exclusive. Right, yeah. Like like anyone can now, any developer can technically make a Star Wars game at this point. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not... 
I mean, you take one look at that splash screen on the main menu and it's like, that is 100% not legit. Like it, it, it looks like <laughs> it's a fan thing. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like some fan made some pretty good models and just put this game together using Unreal. And, you know, and the more I kind of dug into it as well, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, this is just some guy having a, having a laugh. You got to say, though, they're going to make a Mando game at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if maybe a, in a year's time they were like, guess what? We're going to make a Mandalorian game and it's going to take place between seasons two and three or something like that. Yeah. Right. Like, I love this. Anything. I love this image of, of uh, Grogu. Like his head looks huge and his body's just like a like a twig. Yeah, so yeah. Skinny. <laughs> it's just so deformed. <laughs> looks like like a bobblehead. <laughs> it's 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 pretty funny because I mean I'm I'm fairly convinced that this isn't real. Um, but the moment you look up leaked Mandalorian game, you know the internet's going nuts mm. over this thing. So it's uh, it's it's pretty funny. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it could be a it could just be a race game of another game. Yeah, because I mean, like, here's the thing: like, Unreal is an insanely powerful tool for anyone who's win- wanting to make something that looks yeah. nice but is like fan made. Uh, there's even a YouTube channel out there right now that has been using Unreal to uh, finish those proxy animation Utapau episodes from the Clone Wars. And they've oh. been using like the Battlefront two models of the characters to do it, and or That's remodel cool. people and stuff. Yeah. It's insane. They they've released some clips of it <laughs> online, and of course they've got all the audio dialogue and everything from these episodes. They're, they're going to try and literally finish it, and it's going to look more lifelike technically than Clone Wars does, <laughs> which is pretty yeah. nice. So, That's good you point. know, Unreal's a pretty powerful tool, and and. You know, some of these assets look like they're straight out of Battlefront, aside from Din Djarin himself. But he almost, you know, it it, it almost could be the same, uh, the same sort of remodeled assets of, of uh, Boba that have just been retextured. And, you know, it could be any of that. Right. So who knows? You can get some pretty good models online for these characters at this point. You know, a lot of a lot of fans out there making this stuff and then selling it for 50 bucks a pop on uh some of these 3d model stores so no it's true if you're willing to do the time it's just it's still a lot of effort to do all it the is. layers it's, it's easier than it was in the 90s in the early 2000s you had to code everything but right. it's still a lot of time it is yeah which kind of begs the question like if this is a fan-made game like or sorry if this isn't a uh, or if this is a fan-made game like why all the effort <laughs> just just for i mean something some, that <laughs> some people have 150 episode podcast to talk about star wars some people work on <laughs> video games so right right no judgment. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah exactly i mean who am i to question someone else's uh way of expressing their yeah, fandom I mean, it's, I mean it's cool and, and you know sometimes it works out you know lucasfilm or i Lab or weber maybe lucas Lucas Arts. Oh, they'll shut it down. As soon as this thing gets out online, they'll they'll be like, nope. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's Disney. I think Lucas was more open about yeah. it. But I, I was gonna say, at least with some of the old fan videos and stuff, they've been known to like hire people. They do a good job, right? Because like get yeah. your name out there. 
Yeah, more recently they brought on um, into ILM. They they hired uh, one of the guys that did some deep faking stuff for um, I think it was Mandalorian season two, right? They did a deep fake on Mark Hamill. Was that him? I wasn't sure if I knew he got hired or I heard that. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if he worked on Mando season two if they hired him after. Yeah, I, I forget what I, I think it was. It, he didn't work on anything on it. He was like an unofficial like, oh, I can make this better. And then he just kind of did what he did. And it's like, oh, this guy knows how to use like deep faking software. Let's bring him on. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was after Mando season two was out. Yeah, it was it was like a couple months after. Like it was I mean, the, the Mando season two came out like last. It was like over a year ago, I think. Right. Or was it no, last it had year? To be and, this last spring. Last oh it was oh that's right yeah it was last year in in November December that's right <laughs> tells you we just um, lost all sense of like <laughs> lost time. all sense of time yeah <laughs> it's like it's it's this thing man we're all indoors all the time um, but yeah it's uh it's I think it was only like less than a year ago but as of this past summer within the last month or two they they brought him on and news got out out about that so uh, pretty. Uh, Pretty exciting, you know, for anyone who's looking at doing fan content. You could either be harassed by Disney or hired by Lucasfilm. <laughs> That's right. If you want to get out there, if you want to be a renegade, you know, there could be great riches or great jail time. You know, exactly. See, see what you get. <laughs> exactly. Don't cross the mouse. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of Mandalorian, we had Mandalorian Gallery season two, episode two drop last week on Wednesday, uh, the twenty fifth, which is which was pretty great. We had a full inside look at the season finale of season two. Uh, you and I had both mm-hmm. seen it now at this point, and uh, it was really really cool. I mean, I, I, first thing I got to say, Mark Hamill was way more involved with this process of coming back with with Luke than than I originally thought. Oh, yeah. I was so surprised with that as well. I assume they would have reached out to him and like told him what was going on. But I didn't actually expect them to get him to be on set and actually be in costume and do the scenes. Right. Yeah. And and the fact that they hit it so well. I mean, when they talked about bringing on such a small crew to do that shot. uh, Like the Navy SEALs of the film team. (laughs) Yeah. It made sense. It made sense that it was hidden. And and I I had a good laugh when I saw that they used Plo Koon as a stand in (laughs) in dailies. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. It's just Luke's body and just Plo Koon's hand is ginormous. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's super funny because, I mean, it's so much. It's Dave Filoni, 100%, right? Because, like, Plo Koon is Dave's favorite jedi yeah and he brought and, that up in the video yeah, he brought the, he brings that up again because we and we, we've all heard that before but it's funny because dave has his way with his with stuff right like plo Koon is his favorite jedi wolves are his favorite animal yeah so he names uh plo Koon's captain com, or commander commander wolf and yeah. you know sticks the two together right <laughs> like Just i mean inserting himself right in there yeah yeah i mean if if plo Koon, if if dave filoni ever had the chance to play plo Koon in costume i'm sure he'd 100% like do it right I think uh, there's gonna be a flashback and we'll meet Plo Koon's apprentice and it'll just be Dave <laughs> just be Dave <laughs> just be Dave in some robes yeah <laughs> oh, man um and and he, you know he also made Plo Koon the one to find Ahsoka and stuff when she became a jet when she was brought into the the order and stuff so he you know he's he's put a lot of importance on on Plo Koon and honestly there's been a lot of 
uh, a lot of things floating around that people are like, oh, maybe he's actually going to come back. Like maybe uh, Plo Kloon actually is going to be brought into these live action shows. I mean, I could see it because of Dave, but one thing that I actually give him a lot of respect for is he still only, even though he would, I'm sure he would love to do that, but he won't do it unless he sees an actual reason story-wise to do that. Right. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, you know, there's got to be a good reason for bringing back any character in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's just how it is. <laughs> Especially with the fact that Plo Koon's one of the ones, one of the Jedi's, Jedi who die on camera. It's Revenge of the Sith. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so, like, there's a handful that they definitely can't bring back. Like, Kiati Mundi, Plo Koon, like... <laughs> Yeah, it, I can name no, exactly. Them all, but yeah, we, we see them all in the, in the montage. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, like there's a lot of people hoping for a lot of stuff like that. Like bring back Windu, bring back Plo, like all this stuff. And I'm like, Windu, just leave yeah. them dead. Like, I mean, I'm, I love Samuel L. Jackson. I love the character Mace Windu. Do I want to see him come back? No. I mean, it, like, I don't want another Rise of Skywalker Palpatine thing where it's just an <laughs> underwhelming return of the character that I love and then it just gets pulled off really incorrectly. Like, what if it's what if it's Samuel Jackson's kid? Like Mace Windu's kid? You think of that? Yeah. What if it's a clone? It's a clone. It's a clone of Windu? From Mace Windu's hand. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the fact that they warped that whole Luke Skywalker hand into, like, the origins of Snoke, I mean, it's... Uh, that was... Yeah. It was going to be used for something. It was used yeah. in the EU to make Luke with two U's, which was a cloned Luke. Yeah. It was like yeah. Dark Side Luke. Uh, there's always, there's always got to be a reason for something with all the new stories. And it's like... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, was, it was a cool episode. Um, and, uh, you know, we got a really good inside look at the makings of and, uh, you know, what it took to bring that character back to life. And the only thing that I, if I were to use one word to describe, uh, what that, um, uh, what that episode is, uh, I would say it's nostalgic. I mean, the, the entire episode, I think nostalgia was just ringing through my ear because you had the perfect crew bring back this character in a very successful way compared to previous attempts. And uh, I think that was probably the most important part of, of seeing what they did with that episode uh, was, uh, was that exactly. So uh, I think our next uh, topic is Lego Star Wars 2022. We finally have a release date. Which is nice. Haven't they had multiple other release dates, though? They have. So, uh, so um, Lego Star Wars was supposed to actually come out earlier this year. Um, and because uh, I think... And last year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, at first they didn't have a release date. Then they said it was this year, I think, at some point. But uh, truly, like I think it was the whole cyberpunk that when that came out and it really shifted with the gaming community and you know other games have done this in the past i think it was kind of the last straw for a lot of these developers and we're like you know what we're freaking out right now about the reaction we're going to get if we release an incomplete game let's just take our time finish it and we'll release it when it's ready 
So someone told me that part of it was one of the like leads or whatever, one of the top people like, left the company. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe that had something to do with it too. Um, I mean, the fact that it pushed forward a whole year is pretty nuts. Uh, so, you know, to me, that's just like, it wasn't ready. I know the message that they sent out earlier this year was, uh, was, uh, I think it was on, it was on Twitter, it was on their Instagram um and uh let me just try and find it they they sent it out as kind of an apology for the fact that it would be uh it would be late because like the other part that people don't realize is when these games are delayed they're putting off being paid because they don't make money until the game hits shelves right exactly i mean i guess pre-orders now but like that's it yeah it's it's uh it's a it's a tough thing for a lot of developers to do sometimes and here, here's the message right here all of us at tt games are working hard to make lego star wars the skywalker saga the biggest and best ever lego game but we're going to need more time to do it we won't be able to make our intended spring release date but we'll provide updated launch timing as soon as possible so uh at gamescon last week that's exactly what they did they uh, uh released to us the spring 2022 expected release date and uh i think this time uh we're gonna be held to it which is nice so we can all look forward to a great star wars game coming out next year that'll be cool so i'm curious now because they delayed it and mandalorian season two came out and now luke is in mandalorian who's a skywalker does that mean they have to add mandalorian into the i don't know see i've been i've been trying to think about this too because of course uh with things like, uh, if I think back to Lego Star Wars, the complete saga or something like that, they always tended to squeak a little Indiana Jones Easter egg in there somewhere. And that <laughs> yeah, was before Lucasfilm. Yeah. And that was before uh, the whole Disney era of Star Wars. So now that there's so much more uh, being the Skywalker saga Star Wars video game, uh, you can be sure we're going to have elements from episodes one through nine, but um, I would not be surprised if they tried to squeak maybe even one level or at least the character something or another, any anything from Rogue One, Solo, Mandalorian, that kind of stuff, right? And uh, yeah, I could see that, yeah. like skins at least. Yeah, yeah. Because who's not going to want to play as like Dinjar? Right, and I mean it's not that hard to to take. I mean, they even have Lego for these characters. Like, it wouldn't be that hard to take that that model or whatever, and you know, just put it into the game and have it be a playable character, right? Like, uh, why not? I'm gonna beat the whole game as Baby Yoda. <laughs> 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 I hope he moves slower than everyone else too. Oh, so it takes a real long ben time. It takes ages walking around with him. <laughs> I mean, he wears a potato sack. <laughs> I love those Lego games, man. They're they're so good. I played through uh, I played through the Marvel superheroes one and uh, the old Star Wars Lego ones. Yeah, the I got a chip on my shoulder. I played the demo for the first game in like two thousand and one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I got it in like a IGN magazine or an Xbox magazine, awesome. I think it was. That's awesome. They send you demos every month. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh man, back in the day when you had like PC CD ROMs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those were once back in a the day. day. Yeah. And physical copies of oh, everything man. and it eat up all of your shelves. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
so I saw an interesting article online that's been floating around as to why Val really died in Solo. This is going to really tick a lot of people off, um, but I figured it was worth kind of talking about just because... I, I think before you get into the story, you got to say who she is, because I'm going to be honest. I had to Google it. I had an idea. Oh, OK. All right. So, but I had uh, to so Val, Val is uh, um, her actress is uh, Thandwe. Is it Thandwe Newton? I don't know if I'm botching that name or not. She's uh, that looks right. I don't think her middle name was, was ever. used. OK, so, so. so she stars in Westworld and uh, she played Val, who is um who is one of the main crew uh, of Beckett's crew. He's Beckett's girlfriend uh, in Solo. Uh, and she dies on the train job uh, when that bomb goes off and she basically blows up with the train track when they're trying to take out the the coaxium from the, from the train, right? So <clears throat> this uh, particular reference is from comicbook.com. So I'll just give it a quick read here. Uh, this is a quote from her. She said, I felt disappointed by Star Wars that my character was killed. And actually in the script, she wasn't killed. Newton revealed to Inverse. It happened during filming and it was much more just to do with the time we had to do the scenes. It's much easier just to have me die than it is for me to have, uh, than it is to have me fall into a vacuum of space so I can come back sometime. Newton went on to reveal that this was Originally, what happened with Val, the explosion on the train occurs and it's unclear what happened to her, perhaps setting up her eventual return. So, you know, originally she was very, I don't know, possibly supposed to come back. Uh, well, I, I think they tried to leave it ambiguous. So if they wanted to, they could like in classic Marvel style, right? Where no one really dies. Right. Yeah, so there's that. The other thing that I was kind of thinking about is this particular reference to, to her talking about a scene that she falls and kind of gets, kind of falls into the vacuum of space, I guess, which below where she was, was, uh, was a, uh, just a canyon, right? So assuming that it was supposed to take place at the same time. Um, I, my thoughts on that was, oh, the shot originally was supposed to be much more high budget. They probably required her to be on some sort of cable wiring rig, you know, dropping her off a 20 foot platform and having her kind of bounce up and down on the mat or whatever. It, it was probably a much more complicated. And for time's sake, they were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just film her last couple words. See a baby. And then boom, <laughs> you know, whatever her last couple words are. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I just looked. I just looked it up, and she, she basically like suicides, like blows up the the bridge. Like she's still on it, yeah. and she like detonates it while she's standing there. But you know, other characters have been cut in half and come back later. So <laughs> it's funny. It's like I feel like she maybe said this more or less to just put her name back out there with star wars right. so maybe they'll do yeah it. yeah maybe <laughs> because no i feel like no one's really <laughs> ever completely dead no no one uh no one wants to be that one character in star wars that shows up for five seconds dies and then ha never has an opportunity to come back to the franchise right yeah i mean like look at sidious it took 40 years but he came back right yeah yeah and i'm sure he, he was all too <laughs> pleased to come back too um but it, it's like if i look at a character like uh 
like John Favreau's character in in Solo, right? He plays the alien guy. Forget his name. The pilot. Yeah, he does the voice of the the guy with four right. arms. Yeah, um, because you didn't see his face. You know, John was able to return as his Mandalorian character in The Mandalorian, which he plays the big beefy Mandalorian guy with the big machine gun and stuff, you know, and his voice is kind of similar, but a little he tries to make it different. And then, of course, he was also the voice of Pre Vizsla in The Clone Wars. Yeah, that's who I was going to John Favreau has played three characters in Star Wars, as far as I know. Maybe there's been a few more. I think he may have been like a Stormtrooper cameo at some point, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it's just what happens. And that's cool because you get to come back and come back and come back. Whereas a character like this, like, boom, you've had your go. You're dead. You can never come back again. Right. See, she. the problem is she came at it for the wrong direction. She came as an actress, but she should have came as a film director or something along those lines yeah. because they, she, she can just insert herself whenever she wants multiple times. Yeah. That's right. Throughout the entire franchise. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. The, pull the Favreau and just keep putting yeah. yourself in yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, just keep cameoing yourself over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's. It's pretty funny. I do wonder, though. I wonder if the script where she didn't die, which I assume is she would have, that's where she would have signed the contract, was with the original directors. And right. then when, yeah. when uh, Ron Howard came in, he like re edited it, and that's they decided to kill her off, maybe for more drama for Beckett. Right. That would also make sense as well, because, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of variables at play, I guess, yeah, when you bring that up, because, uh, you know, I guess when you have a director switching things up halfway through the project, it's like, okay, we, we are short for time, right? Uh, we don't have time to do all this stuff that we originally planned. Plus, we got to make it better. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, someone's death scene, whether it's this or that, it's like, let's just go with the quickest option. And it tells the story. Not only that, not only that, but there's contractual stuff too. So if you switch directors, it's like, I think you have to change 80% or else you have to pay the original directors like a percentage. Mm. But if you change 80% or more, then they lose that contractual obligation. Yeah. Something like and that. And I guess with the extension of time that they put on, because I think Solo was delayed, I'm pretty sure, right? Probably. I don't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I have this vague memory that it was delayed. It was, it was a while ago now, so I can't even remember. But, um, you know, when, when, a, when a director comes in and does that kind of stuff, it's like stuff that gets delayed. It's like, oh, that actress, she actually had uh Westworld season three or something to film at this point in time she won't be able to make her filming dates for solo after x day and month right so maybe they were like oh well let's just let's just get her filming out and done with like today and boom she's 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 out kind of thing right that could always be part of it too because we want to pick up shots with specific like actors actresses it's pretty it's very expensive so you're probably not going to do it for a side character unless you really need to. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and a quick shot like that, it, it really doesn't take long to film. <laughs> uh, you know, it, no. it's it's like I was thinking about this as well with the uh, – did you see Free Guy? You saw Free Guy, right? Yeah, yeah I so, did, yeah. So with that – anyone who's seen Free Guy, maybe tune out for another minute. Uh, there's a cameo from uh, Chris Evans that shows up. And uh, it took uh, seven minutes to film it and he was gone. Like they just brought him in, took the shot, got him out. That was it. Like that's the story that that I think Ryan Reynolds was talking about. It was yeah. Blake Lives, his wife's idea. 
to do that when they brought up this Captain yeah. America reference. And they, they didn't talk about the, the part where seven minutes and you made like $300,000. <laughs> I don't know how much money you made, but I'm sure it was a good <laughs> chunk, right? Um, but yeah, it's like seven minutes. It's like, boom, he's in the area. It's like, hey, give him a call, bring him in. We'll do this quick shot. And then he's out and, you know, doesn't even, you know, he can make it back home in time for dinner kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, like one shot, it's like we're, when we're comparing the existing death scene that she had to the extensive, elaborate fall which would have been a stunt or something like as in the, you know, as, as an alternative, uh, it's Mm -hmm. obvious to me that this one would have been a quicker take to do. Um, Yeah. So because if let's say she would have jumped, right. Then yeah, it would be easier to bring her back later, but they'd have to have her like, well, they, when she jumps off the moment she, they cut to the wide angle of her falling, there's going to be CG. And then, all of that effort and time spent doing the proper modeling and like everything on the back end for that, that becomes a huge money sink. So yeah. I can see why they would just skip yeah. it. Yeah. And they were already running behind on budget after the whole director swap too. Cause you know, now we're paying two directors their fee, uh, plus all the, uh, additional post work involved. So, and the reshoots. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's extensive. Cause they, I think they basically filmed two movies. Yeah. That movie was a huge loss to the company. Um, <laughs> big time it was made public <laughs> yep look it yep. up look it up <laughs> or it's like or as george would say because <laughs> he's not making, he's money, not making money he's already he's got his four billion dollars he's on his couch yeah. laughing uh, <laughs> it's funny i know every time a movie comes out like a Star Wars franchise, they always watch it with George and try to get his opinion. And if it's any anything that he created and it is related to it, he's just like, "Why are we? Why are we making this?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? Why does this need to exist? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's like. Uh, but then he loves stuff like Rogue One, so and you think he loved Mandalorian right. as well. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, it's uh, the stuff that's really relevant to his stories. Is you know, to be fair, is the stuff that he likes and. And I think he likes new characters. Yeah. He doesn't want to waste time on stuff that's he, at least he's known so intimately for so long. Right. Yeah. And you know, and to be fair, that's that's his stuff, right? So I think yeah. as as far as passing the torch goes, it's like part of that is uh, kind of seeing what new storytellers can do in in that big vast galaxy, right? Uh, new stuff is good stuff. It's it's always a good thing. Um, so. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. It's a really quick thing. Uh, there was a Lego Star Wars game earlier this year that was canceled. It was supposed to be a mobile game. It was called Lego Star Wars Battles. And uh, not only two months later, maybe it's been three, who knows, uh, Apple has resurrected that game and it will become a Apple Arcade exclusive uh, following the shutdown of that game initially. So I thought that was a little interesting. I found that out today. And I uh, was like, oh, so anyone who subscribes to Apple Arcade, you'll get uh, a new Lego Star Wars game uh, coming out in the next couple months. Not entirely sure when. It's been a while since they've released a mobile game. Yeah. I know around the time of Rogue One, I felt like they were coming out like every other month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, what's crazy about this one is that it's been in beta for two years up until the point that it was canceled. It was in beta for a long time. So... So it was basically done. They just yeah. do polishes and bug fixes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't exactly know why it was canceled in the first place. Um, I feel like 
Probably EA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, oh, it says here, um, it says here they announced in May, the studio instructed players to use any remaining in-game currency before the game was taken offline. And, uh, oh, that is all it says. Yeah. So, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why it was canceled in the first place, but. It's coming back. <laughs> Mr. <Mason> back. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, there you go. Uh, let's let's move on to the next one. Star Wars Visions. Well, you didn't you didn't say if you were gonna play it or not. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, but no, this this mobile That's gonna game. Be sweet. Yeah, this mobile game now. Um, we got a land party that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We, well, I guess we'll all have to play it at the same time. Well, you know what? It, it does have local multiplayer. We can we can play it. it uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, it's even probably got remote play, which means only one of us is to have it to have two people to play. So that uh, be, that'd nice. be pretty cool. Yep, I'm down. Star Wars Visions comes out. Uh, I believe it's September 9th, and I think every single episode is dropping on the same day. Um, Star Wars Visions is the upcoming anthology series sorry september 22nd not september 9th uh it's the upcoming anthology series which is uh anime driven and done by various japanese animation studios um i'm not really an anime guy but to me this looks interesting um for the sake of it being absurdly different than anything we've seen before well excluding the original Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that that <laughs> technically is, uh, yeah, a two D animated project, and it and it's supposed to be an anime style, same as Samurai Jack, right? It's, it's like right. it's not traditional North Japanese American anime. Mimic. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is authentic anime, and uh, we'll have Japanese versions and English dubbed versions. Uh, they're oh, not designing these to be English, uh, but it will be it will be dubbed. But yeah, it makes me wonder. Well, they also have subtitled in the original. Yeah, like, Japanese. I'm sure they'll have all the options. Uh, it actually makes me wonder how they're going to how they're going to play that on Disney Plus, which is depending on your region and all whatever region you're in languaged place. Right. Um, oh, I didn't know they did so, that. You couldn't force it to be other languages. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as as far as Canada's concerned, like or North America, I guess we get all just default. You click on a movie. We're so used to all Hollywood media being filmed in English, anyways. So this is a new experience for me to be like, oh, this is a Hollywood label, but this product is done in Japan. So they're going to have it in Japanese, but then they'll have an English version as well. So it makes me wonder if you'll be able to hit play and then be able to choose from the settings, which audio track you want to play from, as well as which subtitles you want to play with. Uh, that's just my guess, but you know, I guess we'll figure that out on September 22nd. So it'd be cool. Do you happen to know some of the specific storylines? And I watched the trailer a few months back. Yeah. So there's nine, uh, there's nine episodes. The first one is called the duel and uh it will be focusing in on the jedi and the sith but with an alternate history pulled from japanese lore um this is going to confuse a lot of kids ronin yeah uh ronin which is one of the del rey star wars novels coming out later this year will be a tie-in novel to this particular episode 
Um, mm. Also, I'd like to mention the kind of upfront message from Lucasfilm in their own words was that this would not be canon um, purely from the standpoint of my own personal opinion on what they said. Uh, but they did say when they approached the series with these creators, they said, we are approaching it from a completely fresh perspective. Uh, they basically gave them full freedom. They were like, you, you can use what we've done before as a base or you don't need to at all. Like there, it doesn't need to fit anywhere within the story of our Skywalker saga. Like it, it's just going to be this extra thing, I guess. It's a really cool idea. And we talked about it a bit in a previous episode. I think it's a really like, it really allows uh, creatives to do what they want and kind of just take the Star Wars IP and just kind of run with it. Yeah. But it's all because they kind of did this with the comics as well, right? There was this number of comics that are like really out there, and they were they were advertised as being out there, but people still make their own canon in their head, and so a lot of people consider it canon even though it's not canon. Yeah, like I'm sure, and now even with us, we still consider certain stories like say Darth Plagueis to have happened even though they haven't technically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. With for Lucasfilm, it hasn't happen but for a lot of us fans who are kind of like well nothing's been overwritten yet um it's happened to us right uh so yeah exactly yeah so the first one's called the duel second one's called lapinacho third is tatooine rhapsody fourth is called the twins fifth is called the elder sixth one is called the village bride seventh one is akakiri number eight is t0b1 and the ninth one is called the ninth jedi and there is no synopsis other than the one for... Oh, sorry. There is a small synopsis uh, about each of them. I'm not going to read all of them, though. Actually, not all of them have it. There's only like one or two that have it. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the original air date will be September 22nd. So I don't know. If, if any of you guys haven't seen the trailer, you should look this up. It's going to be uh, an interesting take on, you know... It's funny because it's almost like it's almost like flipping the pancake again because Star Wars is like stylized and inspired by Japanese cinema and history and lore and visual aesthetics and all that stuff. Right. Um, and kind of evolves over time because this own, becomes its own thing. And, you know, 40 something odd years later, taking that franchise and that story that has had so much influence from Japanese stuff and yeah. flipping it back over onto new creators in Japanese cinema <laughs> and seeing what they can do with it. Right. And it's, it's this very interesting yeah. concept that I guess they were like, Hey, this could be a cool idea. And, and I like that mentality. So. No, that's a good point. It, like it's, it is very fitting. And it's funny because not only anime, but also like the 1950s samurai movies is a lot of what Star Wars was originally based on. And it's also was based on spaghetti westerns, also taking place in the 50s. And the samurai movies themselves were based on spaghetti westerns. So it all kind of just like intermingles together where Star Wars like pulled from all of it. But they really all reach back to, I guess, like spaghetti westerns and then 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how it all ties together. Yeah. Because I all get no, it. it really is. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, Star Wars Visions, everyone. Looking forward to it. Uh, we have uh, a very brief message from the good folks at uh, Star Wars Armada. Uh, the makers of that game have uh, had some some very uh, sad news in regards to uh, the continuation of that game. And uh, their message is, as we move into 2022 and beyond, we're excited to continue support of Star Wars Armada by prioritizing reprints of existing products and through organized play initiatives. However, we currently do not have any new Armada products in development. We will provide additional information as it becomes available. Uh, That's from Atomic Mass Games, who is the publisher of Star Wars Armada products. So, like, what does that mean? Do they run out of models? I'm not entirely sure. Make? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it all works. I, I think so. This is FFG's gaming license, but. I guess Atomic Mass Games is the publisher of that game, so it's kind of like a like a partnership that they have going on maybe to make that. And I guess they're like either giving up on that one. Um, I don't know if they're also the same company that makes the X-Wing series, like the X-Wing Miniatures game, but it's possible that that one's just way more popular and they're giving up the one to just divert all resources into the other one. Interesting, because I, I have played X-Wing, but I've actually never played Armada. Me neither. Yeah, I've never played but that. But Armada, my understanding was it was like a scaled out version, yeah. more to do with like the large capital. It chains. is, yeah. It's it's a bit more scaled. Yeah, you're you're basically like a fleet commander, and uh, what what's neat about about that one is it kind of adds more of a strategy level to it. Whereas X Wing, there's a lot more combat between the ships, and interestingly enough, when FFG first got the license. Uh, this kind of predates the existence of this podcast, uh, but I had a big problem with FFG because um, Wizards of the Coast had the license before and they canceled one of my favorite Star Wars games. <laughs> FFG was like, you know, took the Star Wars license from uh, Wizards when they decided not to renew it. And Star Wars Miniatures got canned, um, which was it was in its mid Clone Wars season two phase, I guess, for benchmark at time so this was a while ago uh, but when ffg got it they started developing new games and stuff like that and their rpg has been pretty cool but they really kind of stuck to this pattern of like only putting out original trilogy based content and you know as, as much as i love those movies like i'm also a really big prequels guy and so you know i i, I love collecting star wars miniatures from across the saga and that also included things from the comic books and the novels and like they made a figure for everyone right so i was used to this very wide diversity of star wars like games and content everything like that and then there was just this company that comes in snatches the license and makes content with just x-wings and tie fighters across the board no matter what they're doing right I'm like, who are these people? Like, I mean, like there's so much more to Star Wars than just like these, these three movies. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I remember this. This this was just before The Force Awakens came out. Like, it was like, it was like two years. And even a bit after that as well, because then we started like Rogue One and stuff. So it it really stayed in that era. They didn't really branch out at all. It took them like a solid four and a half, maybe five years to do it. Uh, And a couple games launched under that, that habit 
Imperial Assault, all three of the FFG Star Wars games, uh, plus their uh, even the initial launch of Star Wars Legion, um, the X-Wing game, Armada. And Armada still hasn't branched out into other factions. You can still only currently buy Rebellion and empire i think um that's very surprising me yeah it's it's uh whereas x-wing eventually kind of got on the bandwagon of fans not buying stuff because they couldn't get their favorite ship which happened to be a naboo n1 starfighter or whatever right so with (laughs) x-wing now you can buy like any faction you want like and it's it's insane like they have so many so many options for what you can get. Like if you wanted to make a Republic army with just clone starfighters and lat gunships and Jedi starfighters and stuff, you can do it. Um, uh, if you wanted to make a, a whole faction full of just rogue, like fringe bounty hunter ships, you can do it, right? Like anything first order to rebellion to Republican separatists and whatever, like it's all there. Empire, rebellion, it's everything. They got everything. Whereas Armada is just the two. So I think that's maybe why it failed because they just didn't offer enough selection. Um, As I'm saying this, I'm just reading that they do offer Republic stuff. (laughs) 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 And separate stuff, but that's it. It's just the four factions, but I don't know. It's a lot less of it is what I'm saying. Like there's way less uh, uh, content for that. There's only like maybe 10 different packages you can get for each faction, but. That's probably why then, because I know if people can't, it's ironic because people hate spending money on stuff, but if new stuff doesn't come out, they stop using right, it. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. So. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. A possible theory as to why that went out the door, but who knows? Uh, so anyone who plays Armada, sorry. <laughs> okay. Try next one. Um, have you heard about this Ridiculous Slave 1 news? Oh, they removed the name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this this this. kind of ruffled the internet's feathers a little bit back when uh, I think it was the Lego set that came out. Yeah, and yeah, it was a Lego set, and it said Boba Fett ship. Yeah, Boba Fett ship. Yeah, uh, instead of Slave One, and I own Slave One, Django Slave One from Attack of the Clones. Uh, It's the only Django Slave One that they've ever done because they keep on republishing Boba Slave One every two years. Uh, But this (laughs) this is the first time that Slave One is now known as. Uh, Boba Fett's ship and I was like or Boba Fett Starfighter or whatever I was like okay maybe they just did that for like the casual fans out there who are jumping on the Mando bandwagon and haven't seen any Star Wars movie at all and they don't even know what the ship's called like maybe that's I think why, it was right? I heard it was a Disney call yeah so um that's kind of what I want to get into because uh this like <laughs> I'm just confused like I, I'm just like the, the main question I have right now is why? Like, this is a ship with a name who's been around in one of the most iconic historical movies of all time. Generally widely known as Star Wars fans' most favorite Star Wars movie of all time. With the most popular ship other than the Millennium Falcon itself of all time. To probably the most recognizable Star Wars character of all time being Boba Fett, right? Like, you cannot get more iconic than Slave One. Like, there's people walking around with t-shirts that say Slave One on it, you know? And I'm like, dude, like, first of all, if this has something to do with the fact that the ship's named after Slave One, like Slave One, I don't know who was named after, but it has the word slave in it. That's just stupid. Actually, I don't even know the the origin story of where it 
I, I don't either. Out. I don't either. It's just, it's just, a, I don't know. It's, a, I think it's a cool name, like Slave One. Like, I think that's pretty sweet. But I mean, if this is like some sort of Disney backlash of like, oh, we got to try and like do something about the fact that we're promoting like a toy with the name Slave in it to children, it's like, Okay. Same with Slave uh, Leia too, right? They're trying to take her off right, the market right, as yeah, well. Slave Leia, Same thing. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I've got a big problem with this because, I mean, slavery is like a real issue, right? But, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the biggest it, thing. It's like, it's like, like, what, like, what are they doing? Like turning a blind eye to just like this, this thing that exists, right? Like it's, it's a, it, like, we all think we all know it's a bad thing. Right. But the one thing that I'm like, this is just a part of star Wars. Slavery is just a part of star Wars. I mean, it was slaves who built the death star. Anakin was a slave. His mother was a slave, right? Slavery is just a thing. It's a thing that's brought up in the clone wars. Ahsoka's people were slaves to the separatists. Like there's so many times that this is a reoccurring plot and I just don't understand that all of a sudden 180 Disney backlash on this, the name of a ship of all things, you know, like it just, it just gets me going. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Honestly, their only decision-making process, it was probably some guy in an office yeah. who saw the name come across that he had to sign off on for like the final forms. He was like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. We can't have that. We can't have that word on any of our stuff. We won't buy it. And we'll buy it because it says the word slave. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the heck, man? Okay, here's the other thing. Maybe maybe this is all just a big under misunderstanding because it's happened twice now, okay? This happened once with the Lego box. At first, I was like, it's a Lego box, whatever. The second time, though, it's happened more recently in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic book series, which is known to have had some more gritty moments in the past. And... Uh, they gave a list of all the bounty hunters on someone's screen, like in the in the comic book. They had someone looking at a screen <laughs> and uh, the, every bounty hunter known to man was listed <laughs> next to the name of their ship. And every single bounty yeah. hunter and all their unrecognizable ship names were all listed there, except Boba's was known as Firespray. Now, Firespray 31 is the model name of Slave 1. Like Slave 1 is the name of the ship. The type of ship that it is, is a Firespray 31, much like how the Millennium Falcon is a YT-1300, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like it's the, uh, like what's actual ships. Yeah. Like you christen it with a, a like your call sign. Name. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you give your car a name, that doesn't mean that the car manufacturer's a model number is that name, right? Like, like the car yeah, has a name it, on behalf yeah. of the company and then you give it your own name, right? But even one past that, where you, a ships have to have a name because if you're ever calling in, yeah, you, there's a very there's a unique name that you have that they'll recognize. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. So for Dinjarin, you know, it's the Razor Crest. Like it's, I actually don't actually know the original name of that ship. I think I thought it was a Razor Crest ship, but I don't know. Yeah, it yeah, is. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Either. I don't think he has a. I, well, there's the episode where they ask him to put his thing on there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's not working." Ah, okay, all right. Because so I think he doesn't have a name because he wants to fly. So, the okay, radar. yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's it's I think it's kind of funny that he named his ship after what it's actually called. Like <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh that name's good enough. I'm just gonna call it that. It's like uh yeah, yeah when you're insuring your ship, it's like, sir, yeah, there's no one in the galaxy that has the same name it's as like, your ship. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like uh Ferrari the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mi Cooper the Mini Cooper. That's a <laughs> No, but the Ferrari, the Ferrari is a real car. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's, it's like Spanish though. So it's like Ferrari la Ferrari. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's like a it's, model it's of the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's that translate is just Ferrari the Ferrari. Right. right. Yeah. No, I, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Ferrari named a, a Ferrari after their own company named Ferrari. Their yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> so like well, like 70 years later. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so this is Ridiculous. kind of like going that direction with the fact that they've called it just fire spray. Here's the other possibility that maybe because the internet's feathers have been ruffled with the lego thing that in the story maybe it's going to be revealed that like oh boba's got like a cloaking thing on it so maybe it actually hides the name of his ship or You're something his straws. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at hope that this is gonna be just a big misunderstanding dude but um no honestly because they they finally brought back slave leia right at least for the yeah. action figures they finally oh, did, did. They? I don't think they have. Yeah. I don't know that. In that case, no, they probably won't change their mind <laughs> yeah. because of stupid reasons. Right, right. And then because, on the other hand, because something's bad, we can't reference it in any way whatsoever it, and pretend it doesn't exist, right. which doesn't fix the and problem. Exactly. Exactly. It's still happening in lots of places outside North America. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous mentality to have. And, and, and not to mention the fact that, I mean, that aside, this is just something that's existed in Star Wars for so long. I don't know why this wasn't even something that like it's Disney. They have a reputation. Why wasn't this done eight years ago? Like when they bought stuff, <laughs> you know, like or whenever it was, it was like 20, 2012, right? 2013. My argument for that is because they're going to make a Boba Fett show. Yeah. Was Slave One ever mentioned by name in the Mandalorian series? I feel like it was. I could, I, could be mis- I could be mistaken, but I thought that I heard it at least once. Uh, it's only a handful of episodes. We could check it out. Yeah. All the, all the episodes that Boba's in, like it would, it would probably have been mentioned in that one, but, or in those ones. Yeah. It's mentioned in the Clone Wars, a kid's cartoon. Yeah, it is. It like a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's, uh, it's mentioned a few times and, and, you know, again, it's like, this has just been a thing for so long now like why have they waited for the change right and and so that's why i'm kind of like overly confused about this if it is intentional and if it's not intentional it's just a crazy series of coincidences to kind of ruffle everyone's feathers like this so yeah it's pretty unlikely it's just it's just stupid man like the whole thing is just stupid um fans will forever call the slave oh one, yeah 100 so they're wasting their time yeah anyway. exactly it's like what, what like what do you what do you like what do they hope to achieve with this the next wait another 40 years for every star wars fan to kind of die out and then the next generation the next 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 generations will be calling this the fire spray instead like i just i don't get it yeah <laughs> i don't get it um it's it's forever slave one hashtag slave one forever uh <laughs> solo story uh, will be continued uh via comic books uh we have an ign article about this um exclusive first details on star wars crimson rain which is going to be a new comic book series focused on uh solo's kira character which um was you know very widely known to be played as uh by um my goodness i'm blanking on her name amelia clark <laughs> um I don't even know her real name. I just know her like Game of Thrones. Right, Khaleesi. (laughs) Khaleesi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, the limited series will debut November 2021. It'll be five issues long. So if you guys uh, typically don't read them week to week, you can always wait for the trade paperback, which will be published uh, probably 
next year sometime in spring. And uh, this is a Charles Soule series. And Charles Soule writes only the best stuff. Uh, he wrote all the successful Vader series as well as Light of the Jedi. He's a very, very well-versed author. He also did The Rise of Kylo Ren. Um, having an, any kind of comic book author take a character like Kira's from such a movie and kind of continue it on, I think he's the perfect guy to do it. And uh, not to mention in this teaser picture that he's got going on, uh, Ren, which is the original master of the night of Ren, is actually in this picture uh, as a teaser as to like who will show up, as well as a character that looks very suspiciously like Lumaya, which is pretty nuts. Did you see that? Lumaya. Yeah. So on that picture, like on the on the IGN, mm-hmm. the IGN article. There's a there's a picture that that has like a teaser image of the cover and it's got Kira on it, Luke, Leia, it's got Vader mm-hmm. in the background, yeah, Dr. Afra, and then it's got two characters to the right. One of them, his name is Ren and he is uh, the master of the Knights of Ren before Kylo Ren was the master of the Knights of Ren. Uh, he showed up in the okay. Rise of Kylo Ren comic that Charles Soule also did. And then the woman below him in the purple hoodie looks a lot like Lumaya. Isn't she the one with the light whip? Yeah. Uh, Lumaya was a character in the original Marvel comic book series way back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and uh, she had this yellowy electric light whip thing. She had like turban, turban-ish face coverings mm-hmm. and stuff. And then she also had a big thing with purple, I guess, and black and silver. And I don't know. It just, I take one look at her. I'm yeah, like, yeah, it kind of this. resembles the character for me. Um, and looks pretty similar. It's almost an Egyptian kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's typical Marvel comics fashion lately to be bringing back these characters that have kind of been long forgotten about. Uh, the War of the Bounty Hunter series recently brought back Dirge. Uh, which was from the 2D Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. It's one of the coolest characters ever made. I used to watch that like that fight scene over and over again between him and Obi-Wan. It's the first time we ever see (laughs) Obi-Wan in clone armor, by the way. Yeah. Watch that and I'd like try to rebuild everything in Lego. Such a good scene. Um Dude Dirge is bad. I have his miniature as well, Star Wars miniature. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so while, while Kira plays a huge part in War of the Bounty Hunters, um, that event is uh, really a Boba Fett story. Uh, there is this spinoff that's happening for her to continue her story. And, you know, I, I like the fact that they're doing this because ever since Solo came out, there's been this uh, Solo 2 movement going on. You know, people want the sequel. That's never going to happen. I am very surprised by that. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's a small movement, but it's yeah. it's a movement all, all the same. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. But maybe... I doubt they'd ever do a, a live action thing, like at least a film, but maybe like a three-episode series or an animated, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean... Um, you know, it, they've done so well with Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Rebels. Like, if they took a movie like Solo and were like, we're just going to turn this into an animation, I'd be totally fine with that. You know? Yeah. Like, was like, and I especially think- if it's a limited run. Like, we're going to put out six episodes, each an hour long, finish the story, boom, done. I also could see them going for it because they could make it for a younger audience yeah. and get more of an audience that way because i think a lot of people went to the film 
will be less likely to follow up. But kids, you never know. It would also tie in with Rebels really well because Maul shows up at the end of Solo and this storyline takes place after Clone Wars and Bad Batch does. And, you know, we know at the end of Clone Wars, he gets away and all that stuff. Of course, we knew that already from watching Star Wars Rebels prior. But in Rebels, he just shows up, meets Ezra. He's like, I want to kill Kenobi and get off this dust ball and this and that. And, you know, he's always upset. Yo, yo. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. Do you know where Kenobi is? I need to, like, off yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Call me old master. <laughs> you know, he's got that whole old man thing going on. Um but there, they at some point have to tell the story of what happens between him being a crime lord competing with the Huts, yeah, and being left for dead on a planet. Yeah, I know because like the last time we saw him solo, he's running the show in Crimson Dawn. The next thing we know, Crimson Dawn's like, "What is that?" And he's on this Sith planet doing something. Like you know, like what happened, right? And so this story takes place after, but maybe we'll get some clues as to what will happen. Eventually, though, like you say, we're going to have to have this story told one way or another. How cool would it be if they did it in animation style? I mean, Sam, what we're doing, the voice of Maul again. I mean, this would be sweet. Like, I would love to see that. Like a limited run, like one season. You know, if it was focused on Maul specifically... I think live action would be cool. That would be better. Yeah, that would be better. I'm just assuming that getting Ray Park as a constant, you know. Well, didn't he get banned? (laughs) There was this movement against him. Uh, I mean, like this day and age, like who doesn't have like some movement against them? Who hasn't been canceled? Yeah, who hasn't been canceled? Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, that that aside, uh, he's not exactly the kind of actor that holds up as a star you know like it's not like they couldn't give him a series like kenobi and expect it to do as well with you know critic response i guess no i say just he's not an actor he's like a he's like a stunt he's a stunt guy he's a stunt guy even in the phantom menace he was voice dubbed by uh by uh I, i forget the name of the guy he's a british actor comedian person um, but, uh, he was dubbed in that movie, uh, in Clone Wars, it was all Sam Witwer. Like he pretty much just acts as the live action face of Darth Maul. And that's yeah. why I think a recasting would maybe not go over so well. Uh, and I don't know, I, I'd be less you know, of a fan of that. You wouldn't want to recast it. I wouldn't be <sighs> no. bothered that much to be honest, because if they found someone that looked really I close to him, then. Sure. To me, if you got the face tattoos and the horns on, I don't think you're going to tell a difference. I just don't want it to feel like a, like a fan film because I've seen really good Darth Maul fan films and the makeup is great, but I've just seen so many of them that I'm like, yeah, like almost anyone could be Maul and I, I want it to be Maul, you know, like the official yeah. stuff and I don't know. I, I guess recasting for me would just kind of come across as like... <sighs> I don't know. Like how they did the Luke Skywalker thing. When I heard the rumors of them recasting him with like some young younger actor, like Sebastian Stan or something, he looks really close to Mark Hamill. But I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm, and I'm still not sure about the whole, the whole young solo thing. They can kind of buy it because he's like nine, like 15 years younger or whatever. But, but 
you know, once you see a certain character a certain way in that era that they're in, and then you have to switch it up, it's like it becomes a little harder for me to no for me fair. to digest, Wait. I guess. Okay, let me hear me out then. Recast Maul if they do a Phantom Menace prequel that has Plagueis and Sidious, because uh, it would be like the, basically like the Rides of Sidious, right. and he like takes on like basically the, the Darth Plagueis books. Let's be honest, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then 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 they can recast right, it yeah. because that dude. How if they did like a like six or ten episode series of just that? People would love it. It'd be so like good. Plagueis with a young Sidious. Yeah, like Plague. Basically, like Plagueis finds uh, like Palpatine, like takes him on as an apprentice, and then leading from oh, that yeah. up I'd to. Oh yeah, I'd 100% be Phantom yeah, Menace. Yeah, I'd 100% be up for that, and it and, and even preferably a little bit past the start of Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean uh, Ian McDermott is still around. Like they could totally get him to to play himself again i mean he would look a little older but you know de-aging techniques it works now they've done it in marvel movies countless times uh so you know i'd be totally fine with that like i'd be i'd be 100 percent down uh when they when they released casting rumors about uh was it matt smith or something that the rumors was that he was gonna play a young palpatine i was totally stoked I was like, this is this is cool because this is a time in his life that we've never seen him. We've only ever seen him as an old guy. Oh, yeah. So from the Phantom Menace, he's like at least 50 something, right? Or 60 or whatever. And uh, and if Plagueis was to take place. I don't know work. I don't know. He's a bit shovel faced. They, they did some photo comparisons between the two and uh, mm-hmm. and some of them were pulled off pretty well. Uh, there's also it's, it's also gonna be so hard to see him as that because he was like the goofiest doctor and then he's gonna be playing Palpatine, so it's <laughs> right? Like complete opposite, right? Yeah, I, I mean I've seen him in other stuff and he's actually a pretty wide range actor, but some side by sides like they he's got kind of the look about him a little bit. Uh, alternatives being um, Tom Hiddleston and uh, that. Twisted Joker actor. Uh, 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 sorry, uh, I was the the Twisted Joker actor. I was going to say from Gotham, but he, of course he's already played a live action character. He's already played um, uh, the Jedi from Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, uh, my goodness, I'm having a terrible day for names right now. Um, you know who I'm talking about, right? I apologize. I was looking at Matt Smith and Ian McDermott pictures. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a Jedi from Jedi Fallen Order. It's the main character from that. He mm-hmm. he looks is the is the guy that played him. He he plays the Joker in uh, in Gotham, and uh, he okay. yeah. So it, he he wouldn't work as a young Palpatine, obviously, because he's already played a character in the canon. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and so uh, I, he's actually a character I would love to see in the live action. Cal Kestis, that's his name. Uh, I, I would love to see him show up in live action at some point in a, in a show. Cool. But yeah, uh, he kind of... The thing is, if he's got his own game story, I doubt they would give him his own series. I was like, thinking more of like a cameo him, thing, like a Mandalorian yeah. cameo thing. Yeah. Just show up for like a... Like like an Ahsoka in the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, For like like one episode, right? Something like that. Maybe he'll show up in like I don't know, Andor, Kenobi, Bad Batch. Who knows? You know, you never know. Um, he is the right. 
time zone for that, isn't he? Well, it's, it's a little bit early. Yeah. I think it's a bit Cal early. Kestis, Cal Kestis, the yeah, the game takes place uh, the same year that Solo does, so five years after Revenge of the Sith. And yeah, we are a little early in Bad Batch right now. Like, we're kind of four years away. Um, so, yeah, until he reveals himself as a Jedi, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe Bad Batch will have, a, like, a big time jump at some point. We'll go kind of post that, past that five-year point. Who knows? It's too bad the game didn't come out earlier because he could have potentially showed up in Rebels. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could have really had a big character in on that front. We wouldn't have got uh, Star Wars Aladdin. <laughs> Star Wars Ed- <laughs> Well, they still would have made Star Wars Aladdin, but he <laughs> could have showed Wars up Aladdin. for a few episodes. Like, same as Ahsoka again, right? Yeah, same, same yeah exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's a big, uh, that's, that's our solo story continued thing. We've got two more topics real quick. Uh, Book of Boba Fett comes out this December. What are you hoping to see? What am I hoping to see? I'm actually really curious what they're going to do with it. Cause they kind of led to Boba becoming a crime Lord, but I don't really know how that would go down. Like from what we know of Boba, he's not really a gangster. Yeah, I know he's he's not, and and I think I don't, I don't know what to expect from this. Uh, the book of Boba has likely got to be uh, insinuating we're going to get some flashbacks, some major flashbacks happening. Uh, fingers crossed that we do, um, but uh, get that story filled in. You know, uh, they also say it's supposed to be Mando t- season two point five. So hoping for the best with whatever they end up doing there uh, to fill in the story. Um, if I were to pick anything I would love to see in this series, it would be, um, some flashbacks to, of course, that Sarlacc pet moment, uh, seeing some old return of the Jedi footage come back and then some continued. <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be pretty neat. Uh, honestly, we kind of talked about this during that batch, but, well, I don't know. I, at some point, I want to see the duel between him and Cad Bane. But I don't know if I want it as a flashback or to get something else that shows it in its time zone. Right, right, exactly. Um, I'm still torn about that, too. But, you know, fingers crossed we get it at some point. Yeah, they got to, man. I, I know Dave Filoni is probably just itching as much as we are to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. Because it was so cool. There's so much lead up to it. Like, it's got to be done. Totally. Uh, speaking of Mando season 2.5, of course, there's a whole... Oh, second thing I'm looking forward to, Dengar. Oh, Dengar, yeah. <laughs> Bring back Dengar. <laughs> Simon Pegg. Shut up, Dengar. Shut up, Dengar. <laughs> oh, dude, they'll totally cast him, too, oh, for yeah, that. 100%. They got it. They got it. <laughs> they have to. They have to. Uh, <laughs> I hope they stick to the... The EU too, where like he Dengar had his emotions removed to make him more of a killing machine. <laughs> what? So was, that's yeah, yeah, that's the thing. He got an implant to have his emotions removed. Yeah, that's Dengar's messed up in the EU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Thrawn being a very uh, early on introduced character with with season two now of Mando, uh, being season two point five of the Book of Boba Fett. And all the recent Thrawn novels and everything. Of course, the prequel novels. Uh, the third one coming out this fall on by Timothy Zahn. That'll make six Thrawn canon novels. 
uh, that will have been done, plus Star Wars Rebels and now the live action shows. Uh, it's funny that Thrawn keeps coming back in the times that Star Wars needs to be saved. Uh, and, yeah. and I say that only because the last time he was such a big deal was the heir to the Empire trilogy, which came out when Return of the Jedi wrapped up. And those were the first couple Star Wars books that really kind of carried on the story uh, to many fans for many years. The, the, the Thrawn, the original Thrawn trilogy, that is, uh, was the, the sequels. Uh, and yeah. rightfully so up until the whole Ooh. Disney canon yeah. movement, those were to many of us how the story continued. Yep. It was for me, for sure. I know that. Yeah. I love those books. They're still some of my favorite. Yeah. Um, so seeing him come back, um, we, we will at some point in the Mando, the Mando series. Uh, will his first appearance be in the book of Boba Fett? No idea. Uh, I don't know how that character will have anything to do with Thrawn if it's all about Boba, but uh, who knows, right? Like maybe we'll get these random episodes that'll be very surprising to us. And, and uh, it could be that he's you know chasing someone down or he's got one of his his boys he's running a spice run and he comes across a like a interdictor cruiser or something right yeah who knows like a star destroyer yeah. because the they basically set up this time frame to lead straight into where those books were everything is like lined up yeah yeah, Thr Thr they've already proven that Thrawn exists. He's a, he was way for the fall of the Empire, which because he didn't exist in the movies. Mm -hmm. Same thing, right? And then he came back in the in the EU books. He he showed up afterwards, and he kind of took the broken, segmented uh, factions of what the Empire became and kind of re reconnected them and was their new. Uh, like leader. Yeah. He's, it wasn't really like the emperor, but he kind of saw himself as like, is their admiral. Yeah. And he then was able, he's a great tactician. So he was able to coordinate through all of their, uh, like uh, all their like ships and all their soldiers and stuff to create a, a fleet that was actually strong enough. And with his tactics, clever enough to actually push back the rebels, even though they, they, they're trying to like set up government and everything. And they've kind of proven that where we are right now at Mandalorian, when we see like the X-Wing pilots, they say how like they're, they're really short staffed, they're stretched thin. They're like, they try to hire a, like, um, like another name, but bounty hunter girl. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, you're talking about Mara Jade or, or somebody else? No, 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 Sorry, no, 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 which no. Mandal which bounty hunter girl? Uh, from Mandalorian. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, Fennec Shand, or nope. the the rebel the rebel girl. You mean? Yeah, it's the rebel. Oh, game. okay. Yeah, oh, Gina Carano's yeah, character. I, yeah, yeah, right, Cara, yeah, Cara Dune. Cara, that's her yeah. name, Cara Dune. They they hire her to like show up as a. Uh, she shows up as like what are they called now, like a marshal, like a yeah, marshal, yeah, the rebel marshal, yeah. Yeah, because they're stretched thin, right? And yeah. so that's where Thrawn and his new uh, coalesced empire are able to really push back and take a big chunk of the Outer Rim away from them. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, anyone who's kind of fascinated with this new era that they're building out, uh, definitely check out the Star Wars Aftermath books. They're not very good, but <laughs> they're... <laughs> 
yeah I'm, I'm selling these really well um they're not very good but they are a very good stepping stone to what actually does happen uh post return of the jedi it, it does one thing it was great for was all these little flashes of like what's happening on other planets as the empire crumbles and it the whole trilogy of books leads uh, a year after uh, from from the ending of Return of the Jedi to a year later where the Battle of Jakku happens and leaves all that devastating uh, shipyard wreckage that we see Rey uh, living in 29 years later. So it shows the Battle of Jakku. It shows the events leading up to that, as well as the surviving members of the Empire, how they get away, uh, kind of the, the beginnings of what could be the First Order there. And um, hints at uh, kind of what the rebellion is doing as far as transforming into the New Republic. Uh, so it really kind of fills that void that there's really not much in right now. And uh, Mandalorian being five years after Return of the Jedi, only four years being after Battle of Jakku, uh, there's not a lot of space in between that series and the events of those three big staple novels that, you know, there's there's nothing there. Uh, I think the only other thing is probably that Han Solo Lando book that came out. Um, and yeah, that is that's post Jedi. Yeah, do you remember what that was called? Oh, I read it a while back. Yeah, I, I totally blanking on the name, but yeah, it's it was one of the first books. Yeah, it was. It's a Star Wars Del Rey canon novel, and it features Lando and Han, and that's the only other one I think that takes place between these two these two stories. So anyone who's kind of willing to try and piece things together. Uh, is it Scoundrels? Uh, sorry? No. Is it Scoundrels? Oh, Last Shot. Last Shot. That's the one. Yeah. Um, okay. Scoundrels is the one I like, I that's think. The, that's, <laughs> that's the EU one. Yeah. The EU one. <laughs> um, so so uh, Last Shot, the Aftermath books. Uh, of course, you have Star Wars Rebels for introducing Thrawn to the canon there, as well as the... Uh, now will soon to be completed second trilogy which is a prequel trilogy to the original trilogy you have six Thrawn books uh, to choose from within the canon and then of course the original Heir to the Empire trilogy which originally came up with the character it's been Timothy's on this whole time he's a genius writer and uh, you know all that stuff can kind of help you piece together what maybe could happen in two or three years when we get the full story so um that's that's pretty much all i have to say on that we don't have it's gonna be any good other... i hope they i hope they pull from some of timothy zahn's other storylines too because yeah. he actually if i if i got the name right scoundrels i'll have to look it up yep. but he wrote a han solo heist book yeah that i think it's scoundrels and it was that's it's fantastic that's one of my favorite star wars books as well and my third favorite is called allegiance which is also by zahn which is about uh, these stormtroopers who they go rogue, right? They come to, re yeah, they come to realize what's going on with the empire, and they try to uh, to like escape, right? Um, so he did. Uh, he did. Oh, he also did Allegiance. Uh, so that's the one you're talking about. Allegiance yeah. is the. Sorry, did you say that already? Yeah, that's the one to Stormtroopers. Um, so the choices of one was the sequel to that, and that one uh, was very much a, a Mara Jade novel. Um, yeah. And if any of you don't know who Mara Jade is, in the original EU, uh, she was uh, the Emperor's hand, um, pretty much... Uh, like his pr private assassin. Yeah, pretty much Ventress to Palpatine in a way. Uh, she was... Uh, 
part of the empire and then uh, eventually kind of becomes a very important member in Luke Skywalker's life uh, down the road. So uh, that's where she was introduced, I believe. And uh, Outbound Flight was uh, was a novel. And I think that was the only novel that he did that possibly took place in the somewhat prequel era, I think. It's... Um, I believe it was supposed to kind of be the story about how the Republic comes across the Chiss for the first time. So his new attempt at doing this has been uh, taking place in the new six Thrawn books that he's been writing for the canon. Uh, But yeah, this was a, this was kind of a Palpatine Republic plot that then took place over a series of, of time. It's pretty cool. It's like, I don't know, maybe, I was going to compare it to a Star Trek story, but I've never seen that Star Trek story, so I don't want to make that comparison. But um, I don't know. If you like adventure, kind of like traveling, you know, exploration, new civilizations, all that stuff, like this is the Star Wars story of of that. <laughs> also not canon, but, you know, again, you never know with these legacy stories like um, Dave, John, like they could bring back anything. It's true. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Dave said no at first, but you know I still think we're going to see those those lizards that have anti force bubbles <laughs> yeah. from the Thrawn trilogy. Right. <laughs> uh, that's there was a I think it was Rebels. Rebels. There was oh there a was lizard, something the exact same design. It was a statue. Yeah, it was it was kind of a nod to that lizard, but they just yeah they didn't they did put in the character of um, what's his face his assassin guy. He's got a little assassin oh, friend mm. that that runs around and Thrawn. Yeah, I they did. I thought they they did reuse him in the story. He had a, like a, a babbling sidekick who was like a guy that yeah him mustache. Yeah, the little alien, hmm. the little alien guy. But um, he's like an assassin in the EU. He's a, oh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. So uh, that's pretty much all we got. But uh, we're kind of running over time here. But yeah, is there any last minute thing that uh, you wanted to? bring up uh i just want to say there's lots on the horizon i'm very excited uh i feel like we've always been hoping for like the same two things which is like plagueis story and the thrawn story so i think we're at least finally looking like we're gonna get one and i'm very excited yeah, no, it's it's very fair yeah very fair to say and uh you know again like you know we've got so much stuff coming down the line for the podcast i mean we still have uh uh, we're, we're kind of still reading these these High Republic things, and uh, there's uh, a lot to look forward to with um, with our What Happened episodes, which we'll kind of get back to as well. Uh, I've still got this episode about Force Powers and all this and that that I've been have sitting in the folder here and near, like 80% finished. Uh, so I'm going to have to revisit that and we'll publish that out at some point as well. But, you know, lots of there's always going to be something Star Wars to talk about, even though Bad Batch is over. And, uh, you know, before we know it, we'll have Star Wars Visions to start talking about one episode at a time. So there you go. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. going to be fun. Lots to do. That'll be good. All right, man. We'll catch you in the next one. 
All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in. And as always, drop those five stars. If you're using Apple Podcasts, leave a review on any platform that you can. It always helps us out. Most importantly, sharing this show with a friend, another Star Wars fan, posting on social media a link to your favorite episode or even this one. Just say, hey, check out this Star Wars podcast. It's awesome. These two guys are super funny and they entertain me on my way to work or whatever you guys are doing. So uh, that would help us out a tremendous amount because it helps the algorithms. People discover the show and then more people kind of get recommended it and all that stuff. It, it, I don't really know the full explanation, but it, it just it's an algorithm thing. It helps us out a lot. That's all I can tell you. Um, it's also a nonprofit show. We don't collect any donations or anything like that, but uh, there is a link in the description to World Vision and you can drop them. Any money that you would give to us, uh, they need more. So uh, you can leave any donations at their donate.worldvision.ca slash collection slash donations. There's a variety of ways to get in touch with us, including our Twitter at SWEscapePodcast, our email SWEscapePodcast at gmail.com. There's a link to our Discord in the description as well as a link to leave a voicemail. Please feel free to leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, it's very cool to hear uh, what our listeners think about what we've been chatting about as well as uh, your opinion on any topics that uh, tended to come up. So uh, let us know your thoughts on what you think is going to happen with the Book of Boba Fett and more. We'll see you in the next one. And may the Force be with you.